Good morning, dear brothers and sisters, and newcomers and first-time guests. Welcome to all of you and also to other brothers and sisters who are here with me. Welcome and God bless you greatly. You may be seated, you may get comfortable. And before we begin with our sermon, we are going to be singing to the Lord a hymn without any musical background any musical inter uh, instrumentation so that we all may learn the melody of the hymn. Those who are newcomers as well can enjoy the melody. So we're going to sing to the Lord hymn 65. And everyone who is here with me too, I want to hear your voices to sing to our God, to honor the Lord and tell him how much we love him. So hymn 65 titled, Oh, Why Not Tonight? Oh, no rechaces la verdad. Tus ojos hoy abrían la luz. Renuncia toda la maldad. Y Jesús, oh ven sin tardar, oh ven sin tardar, acepta a Jesús y salvo serás. Jesús, hoy tal vez el sol no más aquí contemplarán. Hoy es el día de salvación. Oh, ven a Jesús. Oh, ven sin tardar. Con que su amor le pagarás Hoy trae a él tu corazón Y salvo serás Oh, ven sin tardar Que quiera en su alma unir Ya no desprecies más su amor Oh, ven a Jesús Oh, ven sin tardar Oh, ven sin tardar 
ਸਰਦਾਰ honor to our God. Now we're going to focus and we're going to be praising and glorifying God and hearing today's sermon, reflecting upon the sermon and what God taught the Apostle Paul. And also he left written and here today with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be reflecting upon this beautiful word and the teachings and the wonderful doctrine of the pure gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the honor and the glory be for him. We open our Bibles in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We will be reading today starting from verse 1 to 17 very quickly. And again, please excuse me because maybe perhaps today we're going to be delayed a little bit, but I hope that this doesn't happen in the future. So 2 Thessalonians and we have been studying regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the clouds. But today, the apostle continues with the same topic. And in verse 1 of 2 Thessalonians reads, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. So the apostle Paul was reiterating that no one should let themselves be deceived if someone were to come saying that God had revealed or saying that they had the Spirit of God and by the Spirit of God, they were giving dates, exact dates for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said that they should not believe it and neither by letters placing a date saying he was, the Lord is coming back on this date like some of us may have seen or heard in different forms of media, people are setting a date for the end of the world and saying that on such and such year, this and this will happen. But all of this is a lie because the apostle said that the Lord will come like a thief in the night without warning. He is not going to warn anyone regarding his coming. And he also said that we should not let ourselves be deceived today in this current time. We should not let anyone deceive us by setting a specific date on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the clouds. This is why we need to be prepared at all times. Prepared, having our spiritual life prepared, because in any moment, whether the Lord comes in the clouds or maybe death surprises us, we are ready and prepared to receive the Lord. And in verse number three, it reads, let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now upon this verse, there has been great controversy. People have asked themselves, well, 
Who is the son of perdition? What is the falling away? What is this, or who is this man of sin that the apostle mentions? Now, if we go back in time, we go back almost 2,000 years ago, and in that time, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the first to prophesy concerning the destruction of Jerusalem and a war that was to come in the future, and that in this war, well, the temple would be destroyed. That in that time, there was the temple of the Jews, the temple of the people of the Lord in that time. And our Lord Jesus was who preached of the destruction of that temple and said that there would be a war and would destroy it and there would be not a stone upon stone remaining. So the apostle, he also by revelation of God, said that the Lord would not come until... The falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, meaning that the devil would be using mankind, even using the government. In that time, it was the Roman government. They were those, the Roman Empire, who were ruling the world. And they did not believe in the gospel of our Lord. They did not believe in Jesus Christ. They were foreign nations. They were pagan nations who were idolaters. And that government, of course, was pagan. They were idolaters. And so this man of sin is revealed. It's it's the revelation of those types of people. And we find in Daniel that today, because of lack of time, we won't be reading Daniel where it discusses this situation regarding that time in which the different rulers of the Roman Empire, the Caesars of that time, were manifested. And these were people who would cast God down and they would make themselves to be gods. Very important people that needed to be honored, revered, and people had to render homage and praise to these kings. And this is what the Apostle Paul was was referring to saying that the falling away would come first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. And in verse four, who opposes? So whenever this opposition would stand, there would then be persecution against the children of God, against the believers. And it says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. We're in verse four here, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, if someone were to read history of the time of the Roman Empire, you will realize that these Caesars, they would make their throne and sit at the throne and everyone had to come and praise them like gods. And they felt that they were more than God. And this is why they persecuted the Christians. They persecuted the followers of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in verse 5, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? So the apostle is telling those, uh, the Thessalonians, saying, Remember, I had taught you about this very matter. Now in verse 6, And now you know what is restraining. Now he is restraining someone. Someone is restraining the the complete persecution of the enemy 
toward the believers or toward the followers of the true living God of power. In this time, and, so, and back in that time as well, as in this present time, there is someone restraining all of those bad intentions that the devil has wanted to place in the world to, to try and destroy his church, to destroy the believers, to destroy the belief in the name of the true living God. The devil has always persecuted in these aspects and has filled mankind and people with philosophies and different types of beliefs to turn the human thought from the idea of God, to turn the people's hearts away from seeking God and following the Lord's path. That has been the persecution that the devil has done in mankind for now over 2,000 years. From the time that the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ began, the devil began to persecute the church, to persecute the believers in this way. By making people not believe in this invisible God, in this God in spirit and truth, but making them believe in human beings and in idols. And in that time, with the Roman Empire, they would make their rulers as if they were gods, the kings of that time who were ruling. That is what the devil has done. And then the devil, well, the generations passed, the years have gone by, and the devil then began to use social thoughts, social ways of thinking by teaching philosophies and teaching people that God does not exist, that it is a lie, and that we must take away life and remove the believers, those who follow the true gospel. And that has been the persecution since that time. And before all of these persecutions, the believers, the children of God have had to face and have had to continue on in the fight and continue to survive in their spiritual life in order to attain those wonderful promises that the Lord has always spoken and said that whoever perseveres to the end would attain that eternal life, that blessing, glory to our God. So we today are persecuted by many ideologies and religions and philosophies and beliefs and atheism of those who say God doesn't exist. So we too are persecuted in this way. And in one way or another, the enemy has always persecuted us. And this is why we need to continue in this fight. Now in verse 7, well, the apostle says, For... The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now that is what I've just mentioned. Everything that the enemy has done, that was the mystery of lawlessness. Mystery because who could understand it? Who can understand when the evil one is working, when the evil one is working some sort of harm in mankind, harming beings by placing ideas and spirits and possessing people with spirits and ideas and doubt and skepticism. And so people don't believe. And who realizes that? Well, no one does. Why? Because 
It's a mystery. It's something hidden. It's something no one can understand. It's something that is far from human capacity to reason. For people to truly understand why and why, who are they being persecuted by? And why is this life lived the way it is? A life without peace, a life without happiness. And no one understands why. People seek for reasons and can't find them. And so everything turns into a mystery. So this is it. The mystery is that which you never discover. Human beings aren't able to uncover, can't realize where it comes from. What is the solution? How can it be removed and fixed? They know the consequences, but no, everything is left as a mystery. So this is why the apostle said that the mystery of lawlessness is already at work of that persecution of the enemy who was going to go against the children of God. And the Lord, he was also right when he gave a prophecy to Eve, when Adam and Eve, the Lord prophesied and he asked Eve why she had disobeyed and Adam why he disobeyed because they ate of that fruit and when God begins to set the punishment for each of them he tells man with pain you will suffer to acquire your bread you will work with great suffering and difficulty you will have to work for your sustenance and to her He said, you will have children with pain. And that was the punishment. And the enemy, the devil, he said, and you, you will be an enemy, an enemy of the church. And he said, and I will place enmity between you and the woman is what he told the devil. So the devil or the woman was, of course, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the people of God, the people of the Lord the people who the Lord formed from the time of antiquity, but he preserved in essence, preserved a remnant. He preserved the people so that the day would come in which the Savior, the Messiah, would appear on earth preaching his gospel. And there, the beginning of the church, the beginning of the true people, a spiritual nation, faithful who who would seek God and seek him in spirit and truth, a people who came to pass with the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and also with that remnant that the Lord preserved from the beginning. So when the Lord begins to raise up his people, his church, this enemy also begins to work and has been working for over 2,000 years. This enemy working against that woman. He said he would place enmity between him and that woman. And that was what he did place. And it continues on to this day. And so this is why that persecution, the actions of the enemy became a mystery. But today, we who are in the path of our Lord and we have read the Bible and the Holy Spirit has manifested himself in our lives and God has given us great revelations and has taught us a lot of doctrine, what happens? Well, today, the Lord is helping us to discover this mystery, to understand it, to uncover it, and is giving us strength. And he invites us to clothe ourselves with his power, to clothe ourselves with that courage, that breastplate, so that we are able to resist in that evil day 
the persecution of this enemy, of that mystery of lawlessness. And so we give the Lord thanks as well. Those who have had the privilege of getting to know the path of our Lord and also in participating with the Holy Spirit and his wonderful spiritual gifts, we give the Lord thanks because we are discovering this mystery so that we do not fall into the trap, so that we do not make the mistake, so that the enemy does not deceive us. And in verse 8, we'll reread again, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And so in this present time, there is someone who is restraining the hand, that, that hand of the enemy who wants to destroy us, to destroy the people of the Lord, his church, his believers, and the faith of his believers. And who is the one today forbidding this? Well, it is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the spiritual gifts God has given us. And this is why our Lord Jesus Christ said, I am leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I will send the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. He will teach you. He will guide you, lead you. He will tell you what you must do. I send you the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you alone. Glory to the Lord. And that is this verse 7, saying that there is only he who now restrains. Yes, it is the Holy Spirit who restrains the evil hands of the enemy from doing evil and destroying the people of the Lord and destroying the minds so that people do not believe in God, so that people do not seek the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one who is present today and detains, restrains the hand of the enemy. But it says that one day, the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way. And when the Holy Spirit is taken away, well, then mankind will be left alone, will be left forsaken without God and without hope. They will be left alone. And the devil then can do whatever he wants with the rest of mankind. Because the church of God at that point will already be in the clouds with the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit also ascends with the church and will be with the Lord. And here the rest of mankind, humanity, who did not want to believe in the Lord, to believe in God, nor praise his name, nor exalt and glorify him who did not want to accept him will remain here to suffer later that judgment that is written of in revelation and very well here in verse number eight and then the lawless one will be revealed so he will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy the brightness of his coming. And so while the Holy Spirit is restraining this lawless one, the enemy, he cannot fully manifest himself 100%, which is what he wants. Because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, forbids him from doing so. But one day... In that final judgment, when we read about that in Revelation, it says that the enemy, the devil, he too will be judged. 
And that is when his destruction, her complete destruction, uh, happens and occurs. Now in verse 9, the coming of the lawless one who is the enemy, the devil, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So the devil, he too, and has already placed, even from that time, over 2,000 years ago, even to this moment, he has placed people to deny the idea of God. He has placed people to say that they are gods, that they are the true way, that there is no need to believe in the gospel, there is no need to believe in Jesus Christ. And also, those those who are used by the devil, also saying that they are the prophets, that they are the Christ, that they are who work many miracles and wonders. So for now over 2,000 years to this moment, we hear about it and we read stories of the manifestation of many beings, many people who say that they are that, but they are not. They say they are gods and that they have many, uh, much power and that they manifest themselves working signs and wonders but they are not the true path of God. They are just the lie that the devil has placed because the devil is that mystery of lawlessness that no one understands or comprehends. But people, those who are disobedient or those who are lacking in faith or respect or a value to the true living God, they, they missed on those things so they fell into the trap but in verse 9, it says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. It says they're lying wonders. And because of all of those wonders and signs that many people have realized in life for 2,000 years to this very moment, this is why there are so many different paths. This is why there are different paths that say they lead to God, but it is a lie. Because there is only one path that leads to God, and it is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is the only one. But even from that time, there have been many. And they all say, oh, don't worry. Take any path, because any path will lead you to God. And that is a lie. That is is a great lie that the enemy has sowed in all of those people to whom he gave power so that they could manifest themselves and work miracles too. Work miracles and signs just as our Lord Jesus Christ worked. The devil has also given them power to work miracles and signs. But teaching a very different path that does not lead to eternal life. And so this is why we... We cannot, we cannot stray away from that path. We must always be in this path, which is Jesus Christ. He said it. He said, I am the, I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the only way. And this is why we are not going to twist ourselves and go down a different path. For over 2,000 years till now, this is what the enemy has done with mankind and has turned them away from the fear and love of God. Now, in verse, verse 9, 
from verse 9, we're going to move over to some of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 24. Here in Matthew 24, Matthew 24, I did not read in Daniel where there is a wonderful story regarding the Roman Empire and the kings, the Caesars that existed, and the way that they ruled in their time, and the way that they persecuted the children of God, the believers in Christ. And so in Daniel, please set some time aside and read the book of Daniel, and you will realize the manifestation of that man of sin, the manifestation of this lawless one and of this son of perdition, that with his mouth he, he, he made himself to shine and also would work miracles and signs because they would try to pass themselves off as God. And so we find in Daniel that prophecy that God gave to Daniel concerning what was to come in that future, meaning after our Lord Jesus Christ, so that you can go ahead and read Daniel. But for today, we're going to read in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, where our Lord Jesus Christ also touched on this topic. Regarding the manifestation and destruction of Jerusalem and the coming of the Lord and the things that would be happening before the Lord returns. Now in verse 1, we're in Matthew 24, right? And we'll be reading quickly from verse 1 to 15. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So in the future, he was saying that there would be a war that would destroy the city and also the temple would be destroyed and not a single stone would be remaining upon another. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they asked the Lord many questions. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The Lord was prophesying all the things that would occur in the future. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will not be offend and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and this is true. If we read the stories, we find a lot of falsehood and many false prophets who did rise up, and each one founded their own religion, and even to this day, many have their own religion and have many followers, many people who do follow them. 
But as I said before, the only way that leads to eternal life The only way that leads to the true living God is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, God. He is the only way. But here, the Lord was already speaking to them all about what would occur in the future. And in verse 12, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So it says a lot of evil would come, and this is true, because the lawlessness and evil is what we see constantly all of the time through the different forms of media. We find out and we're informed about the evil that exists in the world, all of the evil that there is among human beings, and very sad things, and and bitterness, and desolation. And so the world, the world begins to absorb all of these people who begin to know God, the people who begin to read the Bible and seek God and go to church, go to to the church, the devil begins to try and involve them with all of these different beliefs and everything that the world offers and all of the evil that is everywhere, all over the earth. And so this is all very sad and people suffer. And people live very sorrowly because you see the different cases and you hear about suicides, people who are taking their life because they have no peace or joy, because they find no reason. They suffer and their families suffer. Those who remain, they live bitterly because of all of these situations. All of this evil, all of this was done by that mystery of lawlessness that for many was a mystery, but now we know the work of the evil one from that time. So this is our fight. And it says that many would grow cold. Yes, I said that they come to church, they read the Bible. They start to follow the Lord's path, but then later they are discouraged and they leave because they think that the pleasures of the world are better. The pleasures that the world offers are what is stronger. So people leave and they grow cold. And some maybe spend some years in the church seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord's path, but then they get tired. They get tired and they get lazy and they're discouraged and they start to question things in their life, which causes them not to return. And so there they go back to the world to suffer, to suffer without the peace of God, to suffer without joy And to have maybe perhaps many material things, but not peace and joy. And so this is what's sad. And this is what that mystery of lawlessness has done from that time. But here we are. And we tell the Lord to help us. That the Lord be with us and take us by his hand. That we may be strong. That we do not let ourselves be convinced by all of these other bright things that apparently that the world is offering at our sight and everything that we hear and see. So may God protect us of all of these evil things. Now in verse 13, the Lord said, but he who endures to the end, meaning to the day of their death, or to the day that the Lord returns in the clouds, whoever endures all of this, That person will be the one who truly will be attaining salvation and eternal life. And it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. The Lord prophesied this, 
that his gospel would be preached in all the world. I think that the entire world has not received the gospel yet. Not everyone has. And as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come, is what the Lord said. And in verse 15, it reads, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, now, the Lord was speaking here to the apostles and to the people who were listening at that moment. And the Lord said to them after speaking to them about his coming, his return, of everything that would happen before he did come back. And in verse 15, the Lord tells them, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Now, that holy place was the temple. In that time, it was the temple of the Jews there in Jerusalem. Because that temple, it was destroyed. It had its end when our Lord Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and resurrected on the third day. The Lord, as the temple of God, he resurrected. And when he resurrected, it says that the law of Moses was annulled and that physical temple was also annulled. Let's remember our Lord Jesus Christ that said this to the Samaritan woman, and I repeat this many times for those who are newcomers, not for those who are established in the church, you will become teachers. So those who are newcomers, I do remind you, our Lord Jesus Christ told the Samaritan woman, and he said the day will come that neither in this temple of Jerusalem nor in that temple there in Samaria or in any place will you worship God. In no physical temple will you worship God because God is spirit and he is going to seek that his worshipers seek him in spirit and truth because God is spirit. This is why our Lord Jesus Christ after his death when he resurrects on the third day the physical temple of Jerusalem was made null. It has no longer any validness. Any it's no longer spiritually valid for God. And this is why our Lord Jesus said that there would be a war. And in this war, Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed. And when that physical temple was destroyed, they said that this was the abomination of desolation that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. This is why I invite you to read Daniel chapter 12. For there, it talks about that story in which it mentions the abomination of desolation in that temple of God in that time. But that happened after our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a war according to history and Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was destroyed even to this day. And so that temple, it was no longer rebuilt, nor did God manifest himself any further because the temple that the Lord began to build was the spiritual one in which he is in the heart of each man, each woman. First, our Lord Jesus Christ, he is the temple, he is the head. And then the body, who are all the believers, and the hearts of the believers, those who love God and who follow him in truth, they are the temple of God. So the temple is spiritual. Blessed is the Lord. So in verse 15, Therefore, when you see 
when you see in the holy place the abomination of desolation, meaning war has arrived and they destroyed and burnt the city and the temple. It says that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. And it's in Daniel 9, 27 and 12, uh, Daniel 12, 11. It's there for you to read. And Daniel eleven thirty one. So whenever th that happens, then that's when the war arrives. And the Lord tells them, if you are in Judea, flee to the mountains. And whoever is on the housetop, do not go down and, and stay out in the field because the war has arrived to destroy the city, to burn and destroy everything. And that is what it meant, that abomination of desolation that was spoken of by the prophet Daniel. And our Lord Jesus Christ repeats it. He prophesies it once again and speaks about everything that was to come. And we now, it's now been over 2,000 years and a lot of things have happened in the world. And we are here in the presence of God. Thanks be to him. And so the Lord, he wants us to preserve ourselves from the hands of this enemy. Who uses many instruments and many things in life to try and come against us, to destroy us. But we are with the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to our God. We have the Spirit of God who helps us and protects us. And now, in verse 9, now let's go back to Thessalonians in 9. In verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception, so remember, there were false prophets. There were many who, and many false Christs who would try and pass themselves off as the Lord and they would form their own religions. Verse 10. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And how sad that is. That God as a punishment to all of those people of whom the true gospel of the Lord was preached to over 2,000 years ago, and that the Lord worked so many miracles and signs, and he manifested himself, and people were witnesses of that, were witnesses of God's power. And people who walked for many years congregating in the church, it is very sad that after that, they turn back, they rebel and they become lazy, discouraged, and have not wanted to continue on in the path. So they have belittled God's love and God's truth. And because of this, they cannot be saved. And it says that God sent them that strong delusion, a spirit of lies, so that they could fall into that lie. Those who were unbelieving and disobedient, who did not want to follow and continue on in, in that fight, loving the Lord, overcoming all of the difficulties out of love for God, they did not want to continue. And the Lord, as a punishment, he sends that lie, that deceit, so that they fall into it. And in this way, they will not be saved. And that is very sad. It is very sad. And those who are here reflecting upon the Lord's word and we are reading 
and, and going over these things, we want to continue forward. We want to march toward this path or continue on in this march in the path of our, of our Lord. And we ask the Lord to help us and to have mercy of us and to lead us by his hand and to help us face all of those difficulties and things that the enemy places before us to try and cause us to suffer, to cause us to stumble and fall and to lose heart and to be discouraged. We want the Lord to help us. And this is why our prayers, this is why we plead to God constantly, asking God all of the time, help us, Lord, help us to press on and give us strength to continue in your path, to obey you and do your will. That should be a part of our prayer. And in verse 12, that God, he allowed them, he sent them that strong delusion that they believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And this is sad, but we want to continue in the path of salvation. Verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. He chose us too for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. It's the Spirit of God who is with us and He is who rules over who rules over us and that faith to believe in Jesus Christ that he is the son of God he is God himself made flesh and became man for a time because there is nothing impossible for him and we believe that and that is the faith that we ought to always have in our heart 14 to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught. So hold tight to that. Hold fast to it. When we learn the doctrine, we must hold fast to that doctrine. Keep it in our minds. To keep it in our heart, in our conscience. We must retain the doctrine. To practice it and teach it to others as well. Verse 16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So we must retain this so that the Lord may comfort us as it says here. In verse 17, that he may comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. That the Lord may confirm his doctrine and his commandments, his promises, everything that the Lord has done for us. That we may live by those wonderful promises of God and follow and continue on to attain not just the promises, but the blessings of God too, and the wonderful promise of one day reaching the end. That we may reach the end 
to please God, to continue on. And so to my dear brothers and sisters, newcomers and first time guests, I invite you to continue to read the Bible and those who have already read it, continue reading it time and time again. The newcomers, you too read the Bible and they ask, well, what do I read? Well, don't worry what you will read. You need to read everything. You need to read the entire Bible. And so you must read it time and time again and continue reading because we can never get tired of reading the Bible because God is spirit and he is there close to us bringing these verses to life, bringing the scripture to life, all of these paragraphs. He brings it to these passages. He brings to life in our life. And as I said before, and I suggested and advised the brothers and sisters, all those who, well, they say the pandemic is continuing. That's what we hear in the media. But we, I think the world is tired of so many restrictions. I see that the restrictions have been lifted and they're being removed. So I do think and I, I do advise everyone to congregate in the Church of God, Ministry of Jesus Christ International. Because if you want to hear prophecy, there were some people who said to me and said, well, we're a part of the Catholic Church and you tell us to congregate in our churches now, so I'm going to my Catholic Church now? No. If you were in that church and now you're listening to our teachings, well, I congratulate you. Because God here is showing you the true path. So congregate in the Church of God, Ministry of Jesus Christ International. For there, you will receive laying on of hands. You will receive prophecy. And why not? The Lord can also baptize you with the Holy Spirit and give you spiritual gifts as well. He can give you happiness and peace, which is the most beautiful thing. And so to be there with the Lord in the true path, seeking God in spirit and truth. And so may my God bless you all greatly and God be with you. Let us now pray to the Lord. Holy Father, O blessed mighty God, King of glory, holy, righteous, merciful, and kind King, our true God, thank you, Lord, for making your path known to us. Thank you, Lord, for we are privileged that you have seen us, you have sought us out and found us and have called us and brought us to your path and your presence to know your wonderful ways, to know your wonderful doctrine. Thank you, Lord, because we have enjoyed your blessings. We have enjoyed your love, your mercy, your patience. We've enjoyed your promises that are glorious, the promises you've made and have been fulfilled in our lives, and we are enjoying that peace and that joy that you give. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because we are not missing anything, not lacking a thing, because we have everything in you. We have that joy, that happiness. We have the material blessings as well, because you open doors of material blessing to your children who love you, for those who follow you. Thank you, eternal God. Oh, Holy Father, thank you for your love and for your mercy. And now in this moment, Lord, I ask 
for the people who are ill. There are many people, Lord, many people who are newcomers and others who are just first-time guests. And I ask that, Lord, they too, they have needs. They have perhaps some suffering and sickness. And they too have desires in their heart and petitions for you. I ask, Lord, that you stretch out your hand upon all of them and bless them in a great way. And that you may heal and remove all illnesses, diseases, that you heal the bodies that are ill with physical disease and also those psychological ones as well. Lord, rebuke witchcraft and sorcery and curses. Remove all of those unclean spirits that bind people and that do not permit them to have movement or their own thoughts and reason for them to make their own decisions and to think. These spirits do not allow them to. These evil spirits, Lord, I ask that you stretch out your hand and that you work miracles and signs, that you deliver and that you bless all of these people, all of those who are in wheelchairs, those who are, are laid up in a bed and who cannot speak, those who cannot hear, many people, Lord, who have different types of disabilities in their physical bodies. Father, have mercy in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. People who suffer with different pain in their body, their skin, their bones. Stretch out your hand and deliver and cleanse each person. Heal, for you are powerful. You are our divine physician. Lord, deliver and free all of those people. Thank you, Lord, for listening to our prayer. Thank you, Father, and bless all the brothers and sisters, all the people who are here for the first time and newcomers. Bless them all. Give them the peace and the joy. Give them happiness. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And we're going to sing chorus 130. In my heart there rings a melody. Suenan melodías en mi ser. Canto de amor. Oloando al Salvador. Suenan melodías en mi ser. Alabanzas a Jesús Suenan melodías en mi ser Cantos de amor Loando al Salvador Suenan melodías en mi ser Alabanzas a Jesús Blessed and praised is the name of the Lord. And thank you very much, brothers and sisters. A big hug to you all and many kisses for the children. And may God bless you. Until next time, and thank you. Mm -hmm.